And good morning. Now, the first thing I'm asking, going to ask you to all to do is hit that share button yes. because the information that you are about to receive today, we are joined uh, here with, by Sasha Stone from Bali. The information that he is about to deliver to you, I can promise you, uh, many of you will never have heard before. And those of you that are familiar with Sasha, um, it is always a completely unique experience. I'm going to bring Sasha on stream now. Um, Sasha, a very, very warm welcome uh, to you again to Camelot Castle. Uh, we are exceptionally honored that you are with us. Uh, your last broadcast from here was received incredibly well and at the very, very highest levels, uh, if there is such a thing, of course. Um, but welcome, and uh, it's very kind of you. You're, you're, you're in Sasha, Bali right you, now. You have people here who are awake just to listen to you, and it's 4.30, I think it's 4 o'clock in the morning in Florida and 2 o'clock somewhere else in the morning, and they're all awake just because of you. Yeah, we've got people from... Well, that's very, that's very kind. That does set me up for a bit of a fall. Let's hope I, I'm not too disappointing. But lovely to see you, John and Irene, and lovely to at, at least astrally project into Camelot Castle, one of my favorite places in the world. Well, something tells me that's not very difficult for you. And uh, that's, a, that's a short distance for your usual astral projections, I should imagine. Huh? Um, but uh, it is a great pleasure to have you here. Now, um, since we last spoke, um, actually a tremendous amount has happened. Um, in particular, what's come onto our radar is the total vindication of General Flynn. Uh, but how do you see what, what has panned out? What would you, you're with friends. I mean, what, what should we know at the moment? Look, General Flynn to me is the single biggest story that's emerged in the explicit media in the last couple of weeks. His exoneration for me is everything. The fact that that man, after three, three and a half years of the most uh, disgusting abuses, not only against the Constitution, but against the living soul of the man and his family, that's one thing. Remedy is one thing. How he now finds his way back into the seat of power and then begins to do what he intended to do three years ago, which is to begin to drain the swamp mm. uh, in fulsome military fashion. Let's hope that we see that emerge now with General Flynn. Well, I've seen some very interesting ideas trending, a tremendous a lot trending about uh, suggesting to make him head of the FBI. And uh, we uh, interviewed uh, Lieutenant Colonel Schaefer, who uh, is a very interesting guy from Washington, as you know. And he suggested that uh, the word treason that the president uh, used very, very clearly when he was asked about General Flynn uh, will be uh, applied to the fullest extent of, of, of U.S. law, which is pretty pretty serious. So I, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if your, your wishes there do manifest. The treason was entirely appropriate. The fact that the commander-in-chief of the United States issued the word means everything, because it wasn't just a clarion call uh, to, to reconstitute what happened around uh, General Flynn. I think Trump was, was speaking to treason wholesale because that's what's happening all around the world without any question of doubt. I believe that we're beginning to see the early onset of treason take place even in the United Kingdom. I would ask you an interesting question. I'm not in the UK, I'm in Asia, fortunately so. 
uh, but it, it didn't escape my notice that the new law commissioner, Penny Lewis, is leading a wide-ranging review into whether the United Kingdom's offense and abuse laws are fit for the social media age. What that means is this woman, this career technocrat, I've never seen her face before or heard her name before, but it appears that she is the smooth gloves that are preparing to outlaw people like me and criminalize people like us for speaking to things like health, sovereignty, consciousness. Now, if that's not the early onset of treason, I don't know what is. Because nowhere in the history of the world did human beings give a mandate to governments to step into our lives in this way. Nowhere in history have we entered a social contract with any form of governance. Not since the time of King John, not since the time of Nefertiti, have we ever mandated a government to come into our lives, into our faces, the way it's happening right now all around the world. So I believe Trump was causing, calling treason, not just for what happened to General Flynn, by the FBI and the DOJ. I believe he was call, causing, calling treason on probably every country compacted to the United Nations round about now. Well, you're, you, 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 I, I'm so pleased that you're saying that. And that is why I think we have a window and I think it's a very small window. I also wanted to acknowledge you and your team for Plandemic mm -hmm. because I know a lot of the people that you've been working with and you know, I don't know exactly what your involvement was in that film, but I know that a lot of your friends uh, have helped get that out. And there is no question that that has broken the dam of, if, of lies, really. And I, I can remember when, when I first saw it, I was sent it by a friend of mine that's very, very close in to uh, the president. And when I saw that video, I thought, wow. This mm. is so, so fantastic. So on behalf of everybody around the world, whatever you did to help make that a reality, Sasha, I just want to thank you. And if you could pass our thanks, mm. all of our thanks on to, you know, uh, people such as Del Bigtree, who I know is very close to you, and the other people that have been involved, Dr. Buttar, you had on the other night I saw, mm. Dr. Judy you had on. Um, these these are giants of 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 truth and you of course have been helping behind the scenes i know um but perhaps you can what what what, what do you think how do you see that film as as has played a part in well in, in in the first instance let me just disavow that very kind notion of yours uh, the, the best i can claim is to be a, a, a good friend of mickey willis uh, the director who was an extraordinary human being um i, I just the most extraordinary noble human who's become a frontline activist, an absolute exemplar. And that's Mickey's film. He, he kindly sent it to me, I think, just before it got released. And I did what I could to blast it out. And yes, um, I, I know most of the uh, key figures in that film. We do what we can to promote it. It came as no uh, small surprise to us to see that he received the, the exceptional badge of honor by being deplatformed within 48 or 72 hours of release. I mean, that's a first. Uh, but for sure, the, the pandemic film seems to have, uh, have been the tip of the golden arrow in respect of social media. Um, fantastic film, fantastic story. I've also noticed that a great many people are now attacking savagely Dr. Judy Mikovits, which mm. I, I find staggering. But then I've spoken for the last two or three years about the single biggest problem that agents for change in the truth and disclosure movement are facing is not even the status quo. It's by morons on our own side who snipe from behind us 
um, and, and get involved in all sorts of bizarre dialectics. Apparently, I'm the son of a Rockefeller. You know, apparently I'm a scion of the Vatican and I'm a double disinfo agent. I mean, you know, that's just me. But that's a classic oh. case in point. I've been in the public domain for years, week after week. My life is an open book on social media. Everyone can see me wandering around like a barefoot hippie in Asia or conducting my meetings in Europe when I'm out there. My house is always open forum. You know that. And well, yet I somehow managed to find the time and place to become a, a grand a Freemason at the same time. The problem we've got is less the status quo than it is the dystopia and the dysfunction of idiots and morons in the truth and disclosure movement who are doing everything unwittingly to tie our shoelaces together. I see the same thing happening uh, to blessed Dr. Judy Mikovits this week. Well, you're absolutely right. And, and, and uh, Irina and I would just like to say um, that we have known you for years uh, as a good friend and you are an upstanding person and these ideas that are floating around it is simply mm. a, a sign of success sasha it is absolutely a what we call a black propaganda or a weaponized uh, propaganda campaign uh it's in the style of goebbels mm. frankly it is pure propaganda and i think the world needs to start to learn to differentiate mm. we've known you for many years you've stayed in our home several on several occasions and uh you are a fantastic fellow so people you know uh always find a way of doing this and i think it's just a sign that we're over the target really and um, you know I, I one of the things that you very very kindly uh got into uh the other day and i would ask you to go into this again because i've had so many questions on the subject is this adrenochrome harvesting mm. it is something that our audience want to know about it is a horrible horrible ghastly evil and i apologize for asking you to put your mind into that area but if we don't confront the full evil of what is going on on this planet and it, we've got to confront it now we've got to get this data out now because right now in my opinion we've got a window and if we don't make the use of that window when they lock us all up uh, either uh, mentally or physically then we will only have ourselves to blame for not communicating. So if you could just really lay that out for people so that they understand Quite it, so. fantastic. Well, again, it is it is the grisliest story in the basement, in the civilizational basement. It's not going to go away until it comes to light fully. So you're entirely correct in raising the question again. And in two weeks' time or a month's time or six weeks when we speak again, let's raise it again. Let's raise this until it becomes exposed fully to the light because that is our duty of care as living men and women of the living soil. And it's our duty of care to apprehend the fact that ritual sacrifice of innocence, ritual harvest uh, under color of uh, uh, you know, pedestrian human traffic, modern slavery, there's all sorts of innocuous terms that have uh, given some kind of cover to this. But the bottom line is, yes, it is blood cultism. Yes, there is an echelon, highly compartmentalized echelon in our world that has infiltrated and permeated every corridor of government in 200 plus nations, in the multilateral institutions, in the global banking fraternity, in global, global academia and media and the corporatocracy. And yes, they're known to themselves. They're highly compartmentalized, highly configured, highly articulated, and they are a blood cult. It's what they are. It's what they do. 
by distinction and by definition. And yes, the harvest of innocence is in the basement. Monasteries and nunneries through the ages have also been co-opted and used as breeding factories. Um, this is something which has come to light in recent years, uh, but was absolutely rife for hundreds of years. We never knew about it. 15-year-old girls, 16-year-old girls in the counties being surrendered because they wanted to uh, have a religious devotional life taken by their blessed parents to the nunnery and, and handed over uh, to Mother Superior and not allowed to see their child again. Maybe once a year, once every three years, they meet at the door and look through a little, a little iron grill at one another and pass a basket through. That was going on for hundreds of years. And these young women, not all, but in compartmentalized instances within those nunneries and churches were being harvested as breeders. The priesthoods in some of these monasteries themselves were the breeders. And they were conducting black, black mass rituals in the belly of the church. That has gone on for centuries. And that's the kind of thing which, even although it happened for hundreds and hundreds of years, and even although in recent years we've discovered countless bones, hundreds, thousands of bones of infants and children and young people in some of these historical monasteries and nunneries, that's still not making the front page. I wonder why. And that's because... The black papacy, the Jesuitical black papacy arm of the Roman Catholic Church, as it issues through the Vatican complex, which is the is the underwriter of the Anglo-American uh, uh, alliance and com and compact that set forth in the last two three hundred years on on ships all around the world through the merchant and admiralty um, uh, networks and created the new world essentially putting flag of empire in all of the uh, corners of the globe. That was all happening, backed up by the Vatican complex, backed up by the blood covenants and the blood cultism going on. It has grown. It is, it, it's the same thing in China, the same thing in African countries, the leopard cults of Africa. You need to look into this stuff. So it's not ex exclusively in American context. This is global. But it is and has been orchestrated principally through the three dominions that have created for themselves a complete from prosecution. That is the Vatican City complex. Londinium, or the city of London, which is the banking fraternity and a city unto its own, and Washington District of the Columbia which is its own principality. So those three diabolical entities were orchestrated and construed by these Jesuitical uh, agents over the last few centuries. And they've been the strongholds of conquering the dominion of the spiritual world as we perceive it. So the Vatican complex is behind the weaponization of Islam, the weaponization of all religions, the emergence of other religions that have been manufactured in recent decades have also been infiltrated in, in large part, and some of them engineered by uh, the elements within the Vatican. That was them doing their work to contain the spiritual dominion over mankind. And London, the city of London, was, it was set up in order to do the same thing as it relates to the global financial and economic dominion over the world. And that has done that um, to, to, to the fullest capacity, to the extent that the city of London, 
the Crown and the City of London BOE are sitting behind the Federal Reserve, the United, the, the, the U.S. Treasury Department, the, the United Nations, the Bank of International Settlements, the International Finance Corporation, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, all of those primary multilateral organs of dominance uh, over all things economic and fiscal and financial and fiduciary are all contained within the city of London. Be sure of that. As David Icke pointed out years and years ago, there is no small uh, happenstance that you've got uh, little dragons uh, on the corners of the city of London that you've got to move through. It's all steeped in occultism. It's steeped in Babylonian mysterium logic. It is absolutely abhorrent and an affront to the human soul. But the blessed thing is that we're now seeing it and we know it. The third uh, principality, of course, was Washington District of the Columbia, which was established by the Vatican through the city of London. And that was the franchise of England to America in order to create a new world, which would become the, the potpourri. It would become the cauldron of the entire genetic expression of humanity, which is why America welcomed all of the different uh, immigrants in the early days. It was saying, wherever you come from, this is your land. Come to us, take a stake in the, in the soil, and, and this, is, this is where freedom and democracy will emerge. Well, that was being engineered, despite some of the good founding fathers who with the best will in the world established the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and all of the goodly tracts that we can refer to, behind them was an invisible mastery, ensuring that America was set up as the ultimate sacrifice of innocence, where the entire genomic expression of humanity was condensed, consolidated, and orchestrated into that. And of course, we see police brutality and the militarization of high streets happening in the United States more than anywhere else in the world. And that's all issued through the military might of District of the Columbia. So that was the militarizing of the world, setting up the biggest quadrillion dollar war machine in order to then perpetrate and enforce its dominion over all other parts of the globe, which is what the, America, uh, the, the US military has essentially been the utility for and of. Uh, ending, of course, in recent years with over 1,000 military bases around the world. And as Robert David Steele, former CIA spy tells us, he's one of our commissioners, those military bases have been the lily pads for human trafficking, blood cultism, uh, uh, gold uh, traf uh, money laundry, trafficking, drug running, all the rest of it. So how do human beings waking up in their homes begin to apprehend and understand the degree to which the architecture of evil has prevailed over hundreds of years by one thing, and that is the coin we pay to Caesar. Do not forget that none of that orchestration would have been possible had we not paid taxes, had we not been fleeced, coerced, cajoled, manipulated into paying taxes under threat of punishment, penalty, and even death in, in, the, in the history. So that gives you some idea of the diabolical orchestration of this triumvirate or this tripartite of Molochite Baphomet worshipping blood cultism. It's in our face and it's now tiptoed into every single corridor of every bureaucracy on earth by design and by stealth. Highly orchestrated. That's why I've been speaking for years against the United Nations, which, which issued off the League of Nations, which issued off the Cecil John Rhodes roundtables, which we alluded to uh, slightly in our earlier uh, call. 
that is the construct that we have permissioned people. My, my message to humanity is we did it. We financed it. We funded it. We complied. We were obedient. We obeyed every step of the way. And 99% of the time that we were in obeyance, we were doing so in transgression to our own conscience. That's mm. the point. Because every time you are getting taxed, you feel it in your gut that it is wrong, that you should not be paying coin to Caesar unless you were consulted by the social contract as to what it is those taxes and that gold is going to pay for. But of course, that has not been disclosed to us. That's why we are met now with an apocalypse of, of technocratic tyranny and totalitarianism that has landed on every human being's doorstep and it will not relent and it will not go away until you apprehend that creature and your own participation in its manifestation that becomes the spiritual journey Sorry. yeah i i completely agree with you what's so interesting to me as you said it and maybe this is a small point but as you talked about the breeding programs in the monasteries and I always, ever since I was growing up, I, whenever I heard the word mother superior, mm. it always jarred on my consciousness. And now, as you explained, that they were actually, they were mothers superior. They were in charge of a breeding program. And not to, uh, you know, be disdainful towards any genuine mother superiors. I'm sure there are some very good and devout nuns. But... It is interesting that you say that uh, this breeding program was occurring uh, for the purpose of ritual. And the more that we have looked into now this adrenochrome thing, it has really been hidden in plain sight, hidden in plain sight. Uh, so it's it's a very, very um, interesting thing. And um, I just want to clarify, uh, Sasha, because I've known you for years. Um, there's some question here. I think it's some distractor but you, you you are not a freemason are you <laughs> i've never been approached by the freemasons i've never been asked to join any lodge uh there may have been a time where i would have been curious enough to go and uh, try by stealth to trojan horse the masons uh, but no i'm not a mason i've never been invited um, and i don't even know a great deal about masonry i know enough to know that masonry to, to some extent was established as an extension of the of the crusades and of the knights templar um i certainly did meet with the with the um with the maltese um uh, knights of malta 20 years ago i made it my point to go and meet with them uh that was in in cairo in egypt and spend some time and uh, trying to get to grips and understanding the provenance of the the, the knights of malta um and I, I had some very very curious engagements that much i can tell you very worthy of a chapter in a book one day and i don't wish to go into it right now but i had some quite bizarre james bondy type experiences in dealing with or mission impossible type experiences in dealing at that time look uh, i've not been approached by the masons i don't think oh you know another point uh, my a good friend uh, lord lord uh, alexander ten uh, lord bath who who passed away a couple of weeks ago or was coroned i don't believe for one second that uh, dear alex uh, got corona but i suspect that they plucked him out of the penthouse at longleat uh, because he wasn't feeling well probably because he'd been given an inoculation a flu jab uh, you know a week or two before 
I know Alex well. I know how he lived. I know that blessed man. He was a pantheist. He was the most irreverent aristocrat you could ever meet. Loved him to death, and I've known him for over 20 years, 25 years. But Alex uh, was co coroned. Um, how easy was that? I think that was the crown punching him in the face because he never complied with them. And when he was last, uh, last uh, abroad, he came to Bali and he stayed here uh, with me. And uh, we played chess in, in the other room there. And I did take that opportunity to ask him because I was curious of the same question of him, John. And I said, you know, Alex, I hope you don't mind, but I do have a slightly personal question. He was like, you know, what is it? And I said, you know, were you ever a Mason? And he looked up, and I never forget it because I have three ducks and they walk through the villa uh, in the morning and the evening. And they were just passing him at the time uh, on, on the marble floors. And he, he'd scarcely even looked down at the ducks walking through the villa. And he looked at me and he said, um, he said, you know, they never did get to me. They tried at Eton. I think it was Eton that he went to. He said, they did try. They approached me at that time. But he said, I told them then to get stuffed. I was too rich to care about what their game was. But he said, they did get to my dad. But he said, my dad never liked them and only played along. And that was the end of it. But that was an interesting one for me because I always assumed that, you know, Lord Bath, you know, the, you know, the, Longleat and one of the wealthiest, most fabulous houses of, of England. I always thought he must have, at some point in his life, had uh, uh, mixed with the Masons. He never did. And increasingly, I've got people, members of our commission, who are members of different orders. And again, highly compartmentalized. Uh, Bishop, uh, His Grace Bishop Rhea of Jerusalem has got very, is a, a knight of different orders. I, I even know when the man was knighted because on one, one occasion I was invited to the ceremony in New York many years ago. And I didn't go because I, that stuff doesn't turn me on. But um, I do know that in these knightly orders, many of them, some of them are actually really good. And they genuinely tried to conscript good people into these knightly orders in order to continue doing whatever alchemy they're trying to do within the social uh, construct. But I do know that uh, even the most deviant of these uh, orders, Masonic and knightly orders, do make a point of narrowing in and getting hold of good people among in their ranks, who are then compartmentalized from what they're really doing, but maintain a good public relations interface. So that's also part of the blurred line or the fuzzy logic in the Masonic uh, orders. And you have it's a very difficult space to navigate. That much I can say. Well, that's very kind. Thanks for clarifying. Thanks for clarifying. Um, just because the point was raised as well about ourselves, we are not Masons. Uh, we've never been invited, although, uh, funnily enough, one of the most honest men I've ever met was a Mason, and he was one of the good Masons. And, of course, it's worth noting that the Masons do raise a lot of money for charity. Um, I don't think you're referring to any good Masons. What we're talking about here is um, a much darker shading of life, uh, which on the whole is has been hidden from good people because good people just cannot conceive of it and as you said and, and i had the picture of a, a families you, you used to say you'd send one one son used to go into politics one son used to go into art into the army and your other the son army. used to go into the church didn't they and then um you'd send a daughter off to be a nun and I just got the picture of, of, a, of a loving mother and father thinking that they were going to be sending their daughter to be in devotion to uh, the Lord our God, uh, you know, to be 
to have been utterly betrayed and all of those families that would have known absolutely nothing about mm. what that poor girl would have been truly subjected to. So it's, it's, it's really interesting that you've touched upon that. Now, um, of course, today it's modernized. And, um, you know, what used to be uh, a ritual which adrenalized the blood has now become, uh, you know, people are refining adrenochrome. Can you speak to that at all in terms of how, yeah. how it's advanced? Yeah, I, again, John, I'm not an expert on the subject and I, I do understand the Babylonian mysterium logic to blood and blood ritualism. I've studied it for years. I've written many articles on it. I've conducted, as I said, countless interviews uh, and, and counseled uh, uh, countless victims and survivors. Um, so I, it is a subject I'm well versed in, but I'm not an expert at the at the biochemistry or the blood chemistry or the microscopy. What I can say is that um, uh, I was contacted last week by an eminent clairvoyant who has never got anything wrong in over 30 years. And she sent a message to me. I, I think it's Albania. I can't remember where she comes from. But uh, she sent a, a pointed message to me uh, to, to inform me that the COVID-19 strain uh, was um, what was construed inside that chemistry was a trigger that was going to um, uh, um, catalyze something in the average human blood in order to make it more commensurate with the adrenochromed blood format. So um, in a sense, I think what she might have been alluding to was that the COVID-19 has got some kind of, um, some kind of formulation that catalyzes or triggers um, a adrenalized state. Now, in humans, that kind of makes sense if you think about how this monstrous panic and hysteria and pandemonium has emerged uh, off it. Right, exactly. So that to me was very, very interesting point. Carry on. Yeah, because actually that's a very good point you make because, you know, we've had fake news and fear mongers and Piers Morgans and these characters for years. And they've basically, we've been turning on our television every morning to hear about this shooting and that shooting and this disaster and that disaster. And of course, there've been periods of sort of pretty extreme freak out, I would say. Mm. But I have not experienced this level of mass fear, mass hypnosis, mass brainwashing. And I think you could be onto something there. What if the virus itself, what I think if I'm understanding you exactly, is that the virus itself could trigger adrenaline spike across the population that's, and then render the point. more fearful. So you feel like I'm about to be attacked, which is mm. the adrenochrome is the fight or flight uh, yes, it is. hormone. So this Yes, it is, John. And, and let, let's let's get more reductive. It's, yeah. it's not just inact. It's not just activating. It doesn't just activate. Adrenalizing doesn't just activate the fight or flight survivalist um, modality. What it what it also does is it anchors um, fear. Abject fear obviously is anchored. And when one is in a state of that kind of constriction, it's an implosive constrictive uh, movement that's happening at the atomic and cellular and molecular uh, level. And what happens is that literally counterbalances out or phases out consciousness or the, div the divinity aspect of who we be and what we be. So mm -hmm. you could see 
I mean, the superhadron collider experiment, uh, which is something which will also have its own kind of Nuremberg trial uh, trials in the future for scientists and uh, professionals who who pegged themselves to that satanic ritualistic exercise at the taxpayers' cost, many billions of dollars. But that was clearly connected to this smashing the God particle or finding the God particle was for everything to do with renting the fabric of time space and tapping into hyperdimensional, subdimensional uh, realms in order to invoke and elicit and bring forth a lower astral intelligences into the 3D temporal realm. You have to breach certain laws, universal laws, in order to create those permissions in much the same way that in the 1930s and 40s, with the renting of the time-space fabric as a direct result of the uh, um, uh, Pacific Atoll uh, testing of atomic bombs, uh, thousands and thousands of atomic bombs were let off and splitting the atom rents the fabric of time-space. It breaches a universal law and engages a new paradigmatic phenomenon. And in that case, that was when we started to see um, negative ETs um, slip streaming into the temporal realm and disks coming out of nowhere and crashing all over the place, Roswell being the big case in point. But of course, there were many hundreds, if not thousands of cases. In fact, there have been many thousands of cases. I met Timothy uh, Good, the extraordinary uh, British uh, military uh, chap who uh, came to see me well over 10 years ago in England. I think he'd studied well over 10,000 cases of abductions and uh, sightings of UFOs. And he'd simply gone to uh, government sources in his incredible uh, study. And, and so we know that was over 10 years ago. But the point I'm making is that renting the fabric of time space by breaching a universal law consciously as a Babylonian exercise, that was what was happening around Oppenheimer and around Einstein and, uh, and backed up by the same old Kabbalistic uh, Sabbatean Luciferians that are driving today's Zionistic uh, Kabbalistic Sabbatean agenda, which has run amok all around the world. But playing bad science and taking the element of fire to its worst possible outcome has been a primary objective of the Luciferian Sabbatean cultists. And that is because when they do breach the time-space fabric, they are able to invoke into the temporal realm their own overlords, the egregore, the elemental cloud intelligences that come from far-flung galaxies that can now stream in by permission because permissions have been granted on the temporal plane by humans, albeit humans who have been systematically um, abducted and in a sense, dream spelled into abnegating their conscience, their consciousness, and then allowing their own actions to give the permissions. But that's happening today, has happened in the, in the commercial uh, arena, it's happened in media, it's happening in doctoring and nursing right now. How many millions of doctors and nurses are today being forced into obedience, obeyance, and compliance with draconian medical tyranny that they know in their heart of hearts is the most diabolical and flagrant abuse of the Hippocratic Oath. Millions of them are going through that today. I'm speaking to a handful of them. We're taking testimony from some of them. But the point is this, John and Irene, is that getting human beings terrorized into a state whereupon they 
abnegate their consciousness, their conscience, and their soul sovereignty is how the egregore gains permission into the temporal realm and then whoosh comes in. So yes, if the adrenalizing of human blood through a bioweaponry uh, uh, issuing as COVID-19, if indeed that turns out to be the case, that would make absolute sense from a Mysterium logical point of view. Wow. That is very, very logical, and I completely understand that. And of course, those of you that want to recap this information, we'll be able to. We're going to post this on our account as soon as this is this interview is finished and blasted everywhere because I think this is extremely important. Uh, as I think I mentioned to you, now you were one of the first people. I think it was in January of this year to flag up the fact that before we. Uh, see the end of uh, this corona drama, um, we will experience some form of soft exclosure, a disclosure on the subject of ETs. And um, I, very interestingly, uh, Vivian Kubrick, who is Stanley Kubrick's uh, daughter, uh, very kindly has introduced us to Stephen Greer, who I know is a friend of yours, who's just come out with this friend with this. Uh, mm -hmm film uh, Unacknowledged, which I've asked our followers to watch last night, um, and we're hoping to have him on Camelot TV. Um, but um, you made a point in your, in your explanation just then how um, when nuclear weapons started to be exploded on this planet by the Oppenheimer-Einstein thing, and I have a personal beef with Einstein, and I will go on the record, he sure. is, in my sure. view, a bloody idiot who uh, so restrained the mm. human race by basically the E equals MC squared malarkey, yes. uh, basically yes. prevents faster than light travel. And of course, if faster than light travel uh, were not possible, none of us would be here at all. So, um, <laughs> you know, he's, 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 he's an arch liar as far as I'm concerned. But um, back to your point, um, a lot of people are very interested in the subject of ETs and uh, extraterrestrials and UFO phenomena. Why are we suddenly witnessing this increase in activity? And, um, you know, there we go. That's because we it is the, because yeah. it is the necessary and needful um, beginning of a new chapter. If we are to see the closing of, of an Atlantean cycle. And if we are to depart fully from the fallen light of Atlantis, which includes the thermonuclear testing that happened in the last century and that rendered our atmosphere completely riddled with depleted uranium and all sorts of other highly egregious, toxic and lethal frequencies. If we are to make a departure from the fallen light of Atlantis, it can only come about through full emancipation into who we are and what we are at our source code. So it is quite necessary that humans, each of us, begin to step back from our monotheistic religious devotions. And that is not to say that we should ever, ever step back from our adherence or our devotion to the mystical traditions and to the true teachings of, for instance, the Master Jesus in the case of Christians or the Prophet Muhammad in the case of a good Muslims. Because the mystical traditions of all of the monotheistic religions, to the best of my knowledge, are steeped in profound um, wisdom and, and a great deal of beauty there. 
and a great deal of spiritual morality. But when we talk about how the monotheistic religions have been weaponized, and again, by design, and almost certainly um, uh, uh, collateralized by the objectives coming out of the Vatican complex over the last well over a thousand years, then we have to step back and say, I must disidentify from my false adherence to a false light construct that I am coloring as Christianity, but has nothing to do with the Christian moral, ethic, or spiritual view. Because it is our, it is our addiction uh, to, to false morality, to spiritual, spiritualized ego, that is, in a sense, the greatest enemy, the one that ultimately keeps us from any enlightenment. And each of us need to cross that Rubicon within ourselves. Anyone who is abnegating their own divine flame in, in, in order to idolize um, an object outside of themselves is simply falling at the last hurdle. So we have to, each of us, recognize that, yes, a religious, monotheistic religious construct can serve us to a point beyond which it becomes imperative and we are mandated by God Most High to transmute and transcend false adherence to objects, totems, idols outside of self, moving to that divine uh, uh, synchronicity with the divine flame and therein learn the true mystical message and tradition of those spiritual traditions. So that's a, an abstruse and difficult language for many people to understand, but it's very, very necessary. We're at that point now where religion must give way to an understanding of our cosmogenesis. So that's the answer in long form to the question, because if we are not prepared to allow the scales to fall from our eyes, which is the the explicit, extraneous, monotheistic, totemistic ideas of religion. They are the inhibitor to our understanding of our true cosmogenesis. It is crystal clear that our cosmogenesis, the human gene expression, is a confluence, a hybrid, a hyperdimensional, multifarious genome expression. The human being has got the most extraordinary capacitance within the genes, within the so-called DNA, RNA. We are fractal antenna of all life forms and intelligences in the universe, embodied in flesh, embodied in 3D temporal form. And that is our unique gift, which is why we have been sought and after and prized by the parasitic elements of the extraterrestrials and subdimensional planes, and why we have also been receiving the beneficence and the love and the blessings and the guidance from higher realms of expression and intelligences, what we would naturally call extraterrestrial. It should mean hyperdimensional, subdimensional. We shouldn't talk in terms of uh, terra anything or terrestrial anything, because it's crystal clear to me also that this earth plane is arcane, absolutely ancient. And there are almost certainly uh, Draco reptilian uh, you know, lizards living on, in chambers in the crust of the earth. I mean, look up at the sky. Uh, you know, you go a, a few miles up and you're into space. The sky is not that high above us. Look in an airplane. If you go into the uh, drill down beneath your feet into the earth, you have got thousands of miles of crust to get through. Mm -hmm. You're going to find huge pockets of, 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 of plasma, of, of phosphorescence, of life forms teeming, micro civilizations, quite probably. Mm -hmm. We are bacterium scurrying around on the surface of the earth. 
That's all we are. We're so small that you can't see us. Imagine what's happening on the inside, for, for heaven's sake. So it's pretty, pretty clear to me that humans are special because we contain the genetic strain and the DNA resonance of interdimensional and intra-terrestrial uh, intelligences and life forms and incarnatory experiences, all the telluric energies of the earth, the silicate energies that rise to the surface. We then break through and we're on the surface of the earth, marrying with the dielectric universe and with all that is out there. So we have evolved. Homo sapiens sapien has evolved as the highest life form on earth without any question of doubt, but we are the living kiss between the telluric planes and the dielectric, the, ge the, the, the paramagnetic earth plane and the dielectric universe. That makes us uniquely positioned as a fractal antenna, a quantum uh, broadcasting and transmission technology. Our capacitance is limitless. Now, once we know that, and once sufficient numbers amongst us know that, we flare, we create a flaming of the human family through, through morphogenesis. And that flaming is the thing that eradicates the fallen light of Atlantis. That is hyperdimensional physics. That is the way it works. That's the way it's always worked. And that's the way it's working right now. The desperate attempt by the dying embers of Cronus, of the state and the crown, as it is expressed throughout the world, is simply going through a monumental end of days death rattle. We are seeing now that that tyranny and despotism and bureaucratic thuggery playing out all around the world in all the little inflections that it can find because it's the last time it will ever get to express the tyranny of ages, the archonic light. It's the last gasp. I'm certain in, uh, of that in my own mind. You know, in, in, the, in the death of the Roman Empire, you had in the very end, you had, phantom, I read it this morning, phantom figures being entered into imperial ledgers in the outer fringes of the empire. And they were phantom numbers. It was the end of empire. And they were imperial ledgers that had no longer any connection to Rome. Rome was already dead and they were still carrying out orders. You know, that happened. And to some extent, it's happening now. We're seeing the end of the Vatican complex. We're seeing the collapse of Cronus the crown. We're seeing the end of the tyranny of the deep state as it issued through Washington District of the Columbia. And we've seen that cleaning of the swamp happening. So what we're seeing is a final massive burst of energy, of tyranny, an attempt at totalitarian control. It's an archonic, um, desperate attempt for survival. Of course, it's already lost. The, the war is lost. The battle is yet to be fought and won by each of us on our own doorstep. And that comes down to how you and I are going to apprehend tyranny as it relates to the policeman in front of us or the local official in the town hall or the court office or the courthouse or the local parliament. But we must take the fight to these tyrants. We must educate our brothers and sisters who are hiding behind badges, costumes, seals and thrones. Maybe we could talk more on that. Yeah. People want to know what they should do. People want to know what they in their own way can do. And if I can just initially speak to that, you know, since we had our last, uh, I don't know what we would really call this, but a spiritual interchange, I'm going to call it. Since you were last on Camelot Castle TV, um, so much has shifted and so many people saw your communications and actually acted on them. 
And the ripple effect that I am aware of, and I just speak from my own awareness of what's occurred, has been spectacular. So the first thing that you everybody can do is they can share this information. And sharing is very, very important because at least you know once you've shared this information with everybody that you know, they have no excuse for not looking. Now, they may not look, but uh, they've had the chance and you've given them the chance. Um, but I'd be very interested for some direction, Sasha. I think that sure. um, we are, have physical universe actions that we can do. And then I think there's also um, a lot of people here have been talking about the power of prayer. Mm. Um, what I feel is in very, very simple terms to, to, terms to take it down, you know, the whole malarkey of some religions has been to intercede between you and God. The idea that somebody else has the right to uh, act as a, a, a conduit. And generally that comes at a cost in some way, shape or form. And, you know, it's it's really the, the communication is very simple. I've got a communication line to God, but you don't. Mm. And I think one of the great communications that I'm aware that you always make is um how each and every one of us is sovereign and each and every one of us has their own right to their own communication line with God. And I, I think that on a spiritual, that spiritual simplicity in your, there's probably nobody I've communed with or had a conversation with that has such a clear concept of personal sovereignty, uh, family sovereignty, group sovereignty, uh national sovereignty and planetary sovereignty or and 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 beyond so if you could just you know um talk there about the suborning of sovereignty that would be of most interest the abnegation of sovereignty really is what i'm talking about indeed indeed, indeed. thank you john because it is this it is the single most important thing it, it comes down and and becomes the the, the the atom seed of of that which the paradigm from which we're departing, the one that we're moving into. And that that's based on our choices and our determinations and how how much we're able to stand in that Christed light. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll use that expression, the Christed light, because that is all one needs to be able to walk out one's front door. You don't need to be steeped in the mystical traditions. You don't need to be a great theologian. You don't need to have studied uh, the, you know, the Tao or anything like that. You simply need to be in good relationship with self, really honest communion with self. You need to have made that inner commitment that you will do everything within your power to enact right action and conduct pure truth in this world and move forth in that way and cleave your own path and your own creative expression in the world uh, using simply pure truth and right action. That becomes to me the living cross, the living Christos. And I do believe that that is what is meant uh, at, at, the, at the core of all of the mystical traditions is that we come to a, a point wherein we appreciate and understand fully that we need to step away from all intercessionaries. Anyone who is seeking to stand between you and your health is a parasite. Anyone who is, is standing between you and your wealth or your prosperity is a parasite. Anyone who is standing between you and your God is a parasite. And so government becomes the biggest parasite on the face of the earth then by pure rationale. Uh, churches also in the monotheistic religious structured religious uh, sense also are in danger of becoming the parasite unless they give 
more than they take, which is very, very rare in a church. It, it does happen in some cases, you know that. But the point is that we need to be able to individually disidentify from our abeyance and obedience to the third party, the third agent. Because when you've got an agency or a third party that is interceding as your banker, as your doctor, as your teacher, as your priest, you are the one who is by distinction, abnegating your own consciousness and sovereignty in those areas, which become everything if one is seeking enlightenment. And I do believe that the prime directive and motive behind and mandate that we're each of us born with is to move into absolute patterns of perfection, which is to say our own individual enlightenment. What you learn along that lonely but noble path is that the more you are in coherence with that flame within self, the more you are able to then um, affect and influence those around you to positive effect. But if you make the mistake of going out there and trying to teach people or trying to proselytize to the world or trying to, to, to inspire or manipulate, you know, inspiring is, a different, is, is different, but as an artist, you should inspire. But if you're going out there with a, with an intellectual or spiritual meme and you are proselytizing, it's very, very dangerous because you're allowing yourself to, in, in that sense, become the parasite. One should only ever answer questions to, to those who pose the question. One should never go and push anything in anyone's face because that old, that, that old standard is so true that each man in his own way, in his own time. There is no possible way of teaching someone anything until they are commensurate with it at, at the level of soul uh, frequency. And you learn that. I mean, because I, I was banging on in my shock poet youth, trying to imprint uh, my ideas on the world. And, and my whole rock and roll, um, you know, half-baked career was was all a primal scream in trying to be heard as a poet, as a, a man who had some moral uh, predisposition and some spiritual predisposition. But you learn as a poet that you're either going to die um, of you know some godless alcoholic poisoning or something if you don't move beyond your own primal scream in your art. Mm. And my learning was to step back from proselytizing and go, whoa, I'm not going to try and sell anything to anyone in this world. I'm really going to focus on doing that alchemy, the inner alchemy, in the sure knowledge that that may affect and influence uh, others in the process. But that, that to me is what this all uh, comes down to. Again, uh, my relationship with, with self and your relationship with, uh, with yourself. And when we're both in alignment with the inner flame of the divine, what we then learn and what transpires is an, an imminent knowledge that we're both completely attuned to one another because we are the same and that's when true empathy the true christed light then is able to fractate in one's words deeds and actions and the, the business of embodiment becomes so important that, that embodying all that you are, are speaking to becomes very very important because that's another schizophrenia that humans tend to suffer from many people have got tremendous spiritual acumen and a tremendous spiritualized sense of morality and yet their actions when they go to the office uh, or to the schoolroom or onto the high street uh, is belies the fact in the most base ways imaginable because human nature is not the same thing as human character but when your character does attune to your nature boom you've just become somewhat enlightened in the temporal realm 
Mm. Well, they, I think uh, 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 to simplify that, one says uh, th there's a lot of people that talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And, um, you know, it's it's you're absolutely right. That is so true. And uh, for those of you that are not aware of this, uh, I am aware of it because, of course, we've been friends for years. But Sasha Stone's poetry, mm. uh, which I have been asking him to publish in an anthology for many years, and I'd be delighted to publish it, actually. But um, uh, you haven't yet published, have you? Or, or it's 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 in because we, we, I hope you've kept it all. Knowing you, you've probably just let it go by the wayside. But it, it's I, I haven't. Kept, I don't keep records. I don't keep diaries. I don't keep anything. I'm useless at that stuff, John. Well, You're very kind. But please stop. To say that is your crime against humanity because that there is no record of some of your poems. Um, they really do match uh, Wordsworth in their in their beauty and in their capacity. And I say that in no way to gild any form of a lily. I mean, you really your poetry mm. is absolutely fantastic and. For those of you, I'm sure it is locatable somewhere, but for those of you that have not had the opportunity to experience Sasha Stone's poetry, please can I suggest that you do try and find that because some of it is really incredible. It is really incredible. I've shared some of it on my social media and it is really, really beautiful, Sasha. And I know it's probably just Thank a whole passes for you, but um, it is it is fantastic. Um, Thank you. So, on, on, on a practical level, I mean, I think that's 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 very very interesting to um, that personal connection with God, that personal connection with God, and you know, just from the comments I'm seeing, people have really really appreciated uh, your comments. This, from my point of view, I would say, ask and you shall receive. You know be willing to open your communication line to God. So many people forget to do that, you know. And of course, there are those of us that do pray uh, regularly. And, but there's praying and there's praying. Can you genuinely open yourself up to God? Can you genuinely ask uh, God to enter your life? directly and to help with that very very real conundrum of knowing all the scriptures under the sun but the way that you behave i find it unbelievable the way people reply to comments on facebook mm. i mean and there you can see people who are professing uh, great spiritual wisdom mm. you know literally going crazy on the laptop and you think hang on a second this person is being abusive on facebook but at the same time so i think that you you touch on something that i think is is so important to have the that connection actuated in life is is so interesting now um there was one other point that i wanted to um this mandatory masking business um mm. and mandatory vaccination um what can we do about this other than of course share the information that's becoming available you did an amazing i actually screened the other night uh for our audience your uh international justice uh forum with dr Buttar, 
and Dr. Uh, Judy. Judy. And I think we had over a thousand people on the stream. Uh, I, 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 I actually screened it twice in a row because it was so important. What Thank can you, we John. do to, to bring these enforcers to justice? What can we do and, and to bring ourselves from Am I allowed to give you a short answer using my own language? Yeah. Tear the fucking thing off is the short answer. Look, John, think about it. We're being asked or we're being compelled or we're being mandated and forced by this thing called government to put a piece of fabric in front of our nose and our mouth all day long when we're outdoors in order to breathe out the exosomes of our body, which is the natural detox that happens with every exhalation. And those exosomes go into that fabric and we breathe thousands of times per day and we're giving ourselves illnesses, unimaginable harm being caused to the autoimmune system by constantly breathing back in molded and fungal exosomes. This is an insanity. We're depleting oxygen by about 15 to 17% every time we breathe in or breathe out. Think about the impact of that. That means that your government is now forcing you to lose your autoimmune system or to deplete it, which means that you will die 15 to 17 times uh, a percent closer to your, to your I mean, it, it has an absolute knock-on effect. The living breath. Governments do not get to outlaw breathing. Apparently they do in the 21st century. Mm. This is an insanity. This is the moment at which sociopathy and psychopathy have entered every portal of governance, which means we must end all government. End it. Because that is beyond tyranny. That is culling. Babies being born in incubators coming out of them and having little masks put on their face for two, three weeks. This is an insanity. That, that should be an executionable offense, if you ask me. When you find out which culprits, and God knows we have found out, we pretty much know who they are. And yes, they are the chief public health administrative chiefs in 190 plus nations on earth, each of whom signatures have compacted to the United Nations World Health Organization mandate. That mandate is enforced by the IMF, BIS, World Bank thuggery that enforces these, this kind of tyranny into Africa, Central South America, and Asian countries. Forget Europe. Europe will just fold over and do whatever it's told to because people are so dream-spelled in the West. But this is happening everywhere on earth. We are basically now being forced into collective ill health. That means that within months, we are going to get more pandemics emerging. We're going to get a lot more uh, 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 mutant strains of virus, which are constantly inflecting and manifesting in the, in the world. That's the way it happens. Viruses manifest instantaneously in the same way that a fruit fly manifests instantaneously, it manifests around a molding apple in your kitchen, even though there's no door or window. Where did the, uh, where did the, uh, the fruit fly emerge from? That's mm. the true Rudolf Steiner principle. You need to go back to Russell, Rudolf Steiner, study real science, not the bogus bullshit pseudoscience that every Mandarin university is coming out believing they understand science. No. Fruit flies emerge 
instantly. They literally pop into existence. Mm. Now, why don't they have experiments in universities with microscopy showing that process? Because that would show human beings and would, would compute in our brains that actually life and DNA and the resonance of creation is in everything all at the same time. We're living in an incredible quantum universe. And the truth of the matter is when we do get to our full capacitance and our so-called DNA uh, upgrade to 12 strand, that is when we will be able to alchemize reality ourselves. And, and, and it's quite clear that the draconian Babylonian Phoenician systems of government that we are still living under, still after thousands of years, until we've shaken that off and ended government, terminate government, we have to end all government because government cannot be proven in any way, shape or form to be serving living men and women of the living soil. Mm. We were far better off in the feudal states with prin feuding principalities, with little mafias getting together around a, a, a sire or a, around a, a lord or a prince. Uh, far better in those days, if you ask me, than having this Molochite centralized government superstructure that now creates statutes and ordinances that force you to get ill and die insane. But that's where it's come to. But we've got to be able to see through the fog of our own um, dystopia to mm. be able to recognize government no longer serves in any way, shape or form. Towns, villages, town halls, absolutely. Go back to con local constabularies, go back to agrarian economies, agrarian social economic models that serve the living. Mm. But uh, governments serve only the fiction now and they are culling humanity in, a, in, in their wake. Seems that way. Well, as, as, as a coincidence, or perhaps it's not a coincidence, but Rudolf Steiner, uh, I think I mentioned this to mm. you before, he visited Camelot Castle here when he came to England and he went to Tintagel. And when they were on the island of Tintagel, he said to his party, let's go up to that new building over there and have lunch. Because, of course, it was just at the turn of the century and Camelot had just been built. And so Rudolf Steiner came here and they sat at the round table in the great hall. No, so that, that great spirit, uh, perhaps you never know uh, how and why these spirits find a way of communicating. But um, I very much uh, love and appreciate Steiner and his work and his theory on viruses. Uh, seems he was way, way, way ahead of his time because yeah. he was talking about what now we know as exosomes and uh we've got a lot of people on here that absolutely love rudolf steiner and those of us that are aware of his work on biodynamic farming and all of the other marvelous educational uh ideas that he's injected way 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 ahead of his time and we're we're honored we have a lot of steiner uh people that study steiner i don't know what you call them i, I don't think they have necessarily a name but they, they come here a lot but uh, this thing about the masks, um, there is now, people are, I think, waking up to the fact that these masks could actually be causing sickness. Uh, and of course, I'm not a doctor and I'm not giving any medical advice here. But have you, uh, th th this is something that you have come across too, clearly. Um, well, we've been 
the tribunal. We're meeting with world's leading academics and uh, medical scientists and and investigators and health administrators. And you know, so we're deeply, deeply embedded in the pure inquiry. Um, and and we're also, in, 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 you know, completely connected to the rule of law. So what we're doing right now with the Judicial Commission of Inquiry, which is continuing this week, we have two more seatings, I believe, and next week, a couple more. We've got a summit event taking place in June, where all of these incredible icons um, of medical science uh, and in this whole um, pantomime connected to the Corona, COVID, a new world order uh, rollout, all of those uh, great icons that we've been uh, receiving expert testimony from are all coming to, into the summit event next month. And then the justices and the law commissioners, the trustees are gonna be flanked by thousands of military veterans uh, who are also rallying to the cause and thousands of uh, uh, legal professionals. That's retired justices, barristers at law, advocates, attorneys, and legal uh, officers. So we've got a phalanx of military veterans, a phalanx of uh, legal scholars, and a phalanx of mothers and their babies who will not be vaccinated. That's a huge movement, and we've allied to that movement. So we've got these incredible networks coming in to join us. Tens of thousands of people will be online seeing the summit. We're not using YouTube or Facebook, surprise, surprise. We're having to architect a whole platform uh, with some uh, IT gurus to be able to put that summit out. Of course, Camelot will almost certainly partner us in that exercise, and we're looking well, we forward to that. We're but the point, you just... the point is... On... Sorry, so, uh, Sasha, could you just um, explain to people that don't know, because you're founding, as you know, we have worked very, very closely with the area of injustice and uh, the idea that, you know, the correcting of injustice is a very, very important thing. And you completely independently originated uh, this uh, concept of an international court of injustice. For those people that are not familiar, some people are on here familiar with your work, could you just explain the court of justice or the tribunal, what the thinking behind sure. it, you know, because Happily so. the most powerful actions that you've taken? Happily so. Um, I'll, I'll correct your Freudian slip. It was not right. a, 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 a international tribunal for injustice. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it, it was... To correct injustice is what I'm saying. In India, of course, of course, I know it was a Freudian slip. It was lovely. No, but it's the International Tribunal for Natural Justice. And uh, as you as you rightly say, we launched the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into Human Trafficking and Child Sex Abuse in Westminster in 2018, which has done a lot to uh, put the Vatican on the back foot and to expose these historical crimes. And that's underway still. And last June, we, we uh, launched here in Indonesia uh, we launched, uh, again, with a multilateral attendance, we launched the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into weaponization of the biosphere. The seatings that we're conducting right now are uniquely connected to the corona COVID um, pantomime or pandemic, um, but within the context of uh, weaponization of the biosphere, because that's what we, we regard this uh, to fall within that remit. Uh, so the summit event is going to see all of the icons that have given expert testimony, all of uh, the, the great and good like Buttar and uh, Mikovic and uh, Del Bigtree and so on. And, and then we're, we're releasing a white paper uh, on the day of the summit. 
And that paper we I commissioned two months ago, it's underway right now being authored by Thomas Brown of the New Earth University, who's a science director. But um, it's being co-authored by many of the expert witnesses and leading figures internationally in virology, retrovirology, all of this, this science. What we've done with this paper is put together, and the paper was commissioned, uh, I was commissioned by a world leader. I can't say which one, but it's a, it's a, it's a reigning king and a very powerful one, not the one in uh, Indonesia, but that paper was commissioned. So I've been asked expressly to supply a white paper that gives the bottom line on things like the masking, the vaccines, the RFID chipping, what's really going on. Because some world leaders do not believe their own counselors and they're asking people like me or Humanitat if we can give them the real, uh, the real uh, bottom line. So that's what incentivized me two months ago to begin these hearings. And the summit event will release that investigative study to the world. I can tell you here and now, it will be and is the most comprehensive uh, forensic study and, and analysis of what has happened in the last three months on planet Earth. And that will be released to the world at large and the press. I don't ex expect the mainstream to pick up on it too soon, but it's irrefutable. What is, what is laid out in that white paper. And it does go back to the historical crimes and all the construence that's happened generationally to allow for an Anthony Fauci to hold position and tenure for 40 years. That godless individual, 40 years as the head of his division of the CDC, which is without any question of doubt, the progenitor of what appears to be the biggest culling exercise in the history of humankind. Pretty serious stuff. And that, of course, leads directly to the criminal sociopathic technocrats heading up the United Nations uh, secretariats. And they are coming into line here, as are all of the public health administration chiefs in every country compacted to the World Health Organization, where those public health administrators are agreeing to mandatory vaccinations, mandatory masking, self-isolation, social distancing, all the bullshit that is issued out of these uh, mandates coming from the UN, people will be held accountable. Individuals, they cannot hide behind their seal of office. They're lining themselves up on the bullseye of a planetary target right now. We know who we're dealing with. It's very, very serious stuff. Well, you, I, you, you know, I, 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 Sasha, what can I say? You have been incredibly, incredibly giving of your time. Um, we do have people watching on the feed tonight from Washington, D.C., and I am going to be forwarding snippets of this uh, interview to various different individuals in D.C. Um, is, is there a direct message that you would like to deliver to the president? I know you have your own connections in that area that are perhaps even stronger than ours, but, um, you know, uh, repetition <laughs> of a message can be a good thing. Is there something that you would like to communicate to that level and from your viewpoint? Because I do think that it's, it's, it, it, it's something that would be well received. Thank you. Well, in the first instance, um, I, I do I do have conduits, and I'm, I'm uh, we intend to have the white paper will be uh, in front of the president of the United States on day one. That much is assured, um, and much of what we're doing uh, in this investigation is to ameliorate 
the crimes that have been committed against the Trump incumbency. Now, I hear already the shrieking, the squawking, and the squealing amongst the liberal intelligentsia on the east and west coast of the United States. I do not concern myself with their intellectual hubris. I have no time any longer for the kind of moronic, banal idiocy that comes out of the educated classes in California and Manhattan. They disgust me to the core because that liberal intellectual class are the gravest enemy that face humanity today, as far as I'm concerned. That godless class and echelon of people, many of whom I've counted as friends in the past, are the ones responsible for perpetuating a weaponized media uh, mm. machine and for maintaining a status quo, which is the most heinous and egregious and nefarious status quo that any uh, species could ever uh, merit on any planet in this galaxy. That's, that's my message to the East and West Coast of the United States. My message to Donald Trump is the same message to my blessed brothers and sisters and fellows in middle America, which is that you are loved and you are seen and you are heard. And they have borne the brunt in my view, for the last century of the very worst that this world has ever thrown at anyone. They have been bigged up and trashed and trampled and degraded and maligned and abused, set up to be the bullies on the block and then maligned for being the bullies on the block when the good people of middle America had no part in those crimes, had no part in the crimes against humanity that the corporation government issuing out of Washington District of the Columbia before the Trump incumbency. And I'm talking about all of those lineages going back to the JFK, okay? Mm. All criminal cartels that will all be exposed. Nay, it's already been exposed. So my message is no different to the president of the United States than it is to the people of middle America, which is that your pulse is the thing that will be the saving grace of this planet. The fact that you wield your guns and that you tend to your farms and your chickens and your animals and your families and your Christian ethics, you are the very stuff that makes us a great species, let alone America. Let's stop this business of yeah, America is the greatest country on earth. No, it's not. Human beings are the greatest species on earth. Let's step into our humanity, each, each and every one of us, and let's reclaim this world. And let's all of us stand in that Christed light. Let's end this bad, bad Molochite tenure that has caused such distress, such dystopia, such bloodletting over centuries. It's our time. Let's just walk out our front doors and let's own this space. That, Sasha, is quite beautiful. And uh, thank you so much. And I'm sure uh, those great words will land well. Thank you so much. Um, I think that's probably uh, a good point to end off this discourse. Thank you so much for joining us um, at Camelot Castle. It's always a treasured moment. And um, you are in our prayers, Sasha. Thank you so much. And uh, I know everybody that has tuned in. Mm. Uh, thank you so much. Did you want to say anything? No, thank that? you, Sasha. Thank you very, very much for joining thank us. You, Irene. Thank you, John. Love you both. And I look forward to seeing you. We've just been told we can't move until July now. Since we last spoke, they've kicked the ball further down the road. But <laughs> we'll see what happens. You are kidding. Oh, well, there we go. Well, we hope we'll welcome you here very soon. Very soon. Thank you. God bless you both. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you Thank you, Sasha. Bye. Wow. Well, <sighs> Sasha Stone. 
without question, one of our most appreciated friends mm. and a man who uh, embraces all the beautiful truth seekers of earth, past and future, and uh, somebody who appreciates all of you very much for what you are doing. Now, all I could ask you to do is this will this interview will be up on YouTube. It will be up on Facebook. Um, I can almost assure you that it will be deleted by the powers that be. So when we put it up on Facebook and on YouTube, please copy it to your own files, film it on your phones, because what you just witnessed there was absolutely uh, historic and it was a great honor. Uh, Sasha is going to need our prayers. Mm. He is going to need our defense. He is going to need our resources. And whatever you can do to help him get his message out fast, we do not have an eternity of time. We may be eternal beings, but we do not have an eternity of time to address the current situation in the world. Things are getting serious. And I would like to think that in two weeks time, we can welcome Sasha back here and things will have gotten better. But what it depends entirely on is what you and I do. Is Are things gonna get better from here or are they gonna get worse? Mm. Now is the time, and I would say this to all of you, those of you who are members of churches, are members of groups, many of these churches have been shut down completely. Many people cannot stand in a congregation now and pray. Many people cannot have access to their scriptures. And the churches themselves are very limited in what they can do, very limited indeed. Because if they overstep the line, their own future will be forfeit. Mm. So whose job is it to get these churches back open again? Whose job is it to get society back open again? It's mine and yours. Our governments have completely and utterly failed us. And but for one leader in America, mm. President Trump, who, as far as I can see, is the only leader in the world today that is talking sense and has an opportunity. And he, even he is under constant, constant assailment. So my point to you is, is that it is time for us to stand up, to own our sovereignty, to communicate and to allow ourselves the freedom. The only person that can ever give permission for ourselves to be trapped is ourselves. Mm -hmm. The only person that can allow you to be trapped is you. So please do avail yourself of the knowledge. Please avail yourself of the information. If you are a Christian, pray. If you are a Muslim, pray and do what you do. Whatever your religion is, 
push hard on your practices. Mm. But at the same time, mm. understand that you need to act. There are thousands of people. All the people on here are very, very awake. We've had a fantastic turnout considering it's 9.30 in the morning or it was when we started. We've done very well indeed. I can't believe it. We had people that stayed up till four o'clock in the morning. To, thank you, Angie. And thank you, Angie. And thank she, you all of your... She's still up. Oh, my goodness. Carl, Carl Vogel is here. Now, he's a doer, you see. Karl Heinz Vogel. Oh, he's great, Karl He's Heinz. a great guy. Now, this guy here... German. Now that's that's what you need. Good German yes. in the house. Well done. <laughs> and uh, We love Karl Heinz. Yeah. Angie says, don't be complacent. God helps those who help themselves. See, this is my point. Another good German. A lot of people say, well, I'm just going to read the Bible. Okay. We'll see how that works out for you. Um, Bible, that's not is to, that's, to Bible is there to guide you. Bible is there to teach you. But you have to take that knowledge and you have to apply it to life. Mm. And by the way, you learn a lot more about Christianity. Practicing loving your neighbor when your neighbor is a bit annoying. Mm. Mm. There's, the, there's, the, there's the journey. Mm. Try. It's not just, oh, yeah, well, I love my neighbor. Okay, well, try loving an annoying neighbor. Mm. Because there's your journey. Well, and there's your practice. And there's, it, your, there's practice. your practice. Your there's religion, your application. 100%. You see, and I say, with any religion, the 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 the, the proof of the pudding is in is is in in the is is in the eating. It's in the doing. It's in the doing of it. Mm -hmm. You see, you have to do it. Dutchies are cool as well. Somebody says, "Yeah, we like the Dutch. Good Germans. We oh like yeah, good Germans. Dutchies are here. We go." Dutchies are cool as well. They are cool. Dutch are very good. Devious, but good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they are very Dutch good. Are, they're very good business people. Business the Dutch people. are very, very, very good. But Good with horses too. You know, it's all good. And we have a wonderful, wonderful group of people on here. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to leave you now with the closing sequence just one point to also make people have been asking about the virus about all sorts of things if you want to know more you can always go and watch sasha stone's live feeds he had virologists there he had doctors there are many interviews and all the questions are answered every single question pretty much have been answered already especially the latest what was that was that a hearing number four that you screened the other day. Yeah, hearing number four. Yeah, that is pretty incredible. If you, you can find it on one of our broadcasts or on Sasha Stone's broadcast, the information there is incredible. So go and watch and get some data. Yeah. So, lovely to spend time with you. Thank you, darling, for joining us all this morning and being with us. Pleasure. It's been fantastic. I miss Sasha. Sasha is fantastic. Um, lovely to have. The response has been incredible. I mean, you're absolutely right. The response has been awesome. And, you know, this, of course, ripples out because we've had, I think, up to six, 700 people on the feed at various different points. Um, but that will translate into 20, 30,000 people by the end of today. And then, of course, that will be shared. 
And uh, I've also introduced, uh, and Sasha has introduced to us various different people. So it's, a, it's an interchange. There's an interchange occurring. Now, let me tell you what you can do to help on an immediate basis. Number one, share this feed right now. As soon as we finish this, start a watch party in your own Facebook account. Please do that. It's so important. Start a watch party. How do you do that? You press on the share button. You go down. It says start watch party. You press watch party. It's not that difficult and it's great fun. Um, the other thing is go to my Twitter account. Go to Arena's Twitter account. Could everybody please follow Arena Mappin on Twitter? I would really appreciate that because she's having a little bit of a competition with his grace, the Duke of Marlborough. And I would really, really appreciate it if you could follow her so that her followers go up. Uh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, and that would be okay. marvelous because um, that would be good. And uh, we've got to give his grace a run for his money. Now, um, lovely to see you all. I'm going to leave you with the closing sequence. And... Um, we will uh, contemplate the very simple but true message on that. And we will see you not tonight, but the next night. Caspian is watching us. Hi, Caspian. Caspian's watching us. Our mm -hmm. son. Hello, darling. Nice to see you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. That's our four-year-old son, Caspian. He is... <laughs> watching us and thank you so much gainer pointed is following arena on twitter oh thank you hang on one second hang on one second gainer is following arena on twitter oh you're very sweet if everybody thank could you. find arena mapping on twitter and follow her that would be great sweet. that would be great where is duke this morning i don't know we haven't seen good his question. graces very good question but he's going to miss out on a few Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure he's with us. I'm sure he'll be with us. He'll, he'll be, be tuning back. in later. Yes, he might. He might be a bit unusual timing for him. Yeah. So there we go. And that was... Caspian, you got friends. Look at that. You've got oh, friends all over the world. So Everybody's saying hi to Caspian. That's nice. <laughs> Mandy is going to follow arena on twitter thank you so much mandy that's great <laughs> anyway lovely to have you all here it's been a oh, pleasure look, caspian everyone says hello to caspian that's so sweet everybody's saying hello to caspian and happy mother's day of course it is mother's day in america it's mother's day in america wow share this with your mothers they need it they mm. need this information happy mother's day and happy mother's day with some happy Mother's Day. I think it's very interesting that Sasha is joining uh, with young mothers, well, mothers, and, you know, against vaccinations. That's that's brilliant. That's going to be powerful. That's going to be very powerful. powerful. Very powerful. Somebody else is saying hello to Caspian. <laughs> Look at that. There you go, Caspian. So when we're coming back, we're coming back tomorrow, not tonight. Not tonight, but we will... Uh, and Caspian says hello to everybody. Here you go. Hello, everyone from Caspian. That's nice. How lovely. And thank you, Angie. And thank you to all of our American friends for staying up. 
we appreciate it so much and it keeps us going doesn't it john it does it does it does my five-year-old wants to meet caspian we're in cornwall oh who's that gainer oh wow that would be lovely How nice that'd be lovely that'd be lovely Gaina. we should wait for the end of the lockdown and we should definitely meet that'd be lovely anyway lovely to commune with you all god Holland. bless you all Holland. everyone's awake and everybody's up. awake now thank you very much and happy mother's day happy mother's day to all you good mothers out there okay well done see you tomorrow see you tomorrow Thank you.